This week's parsha is Parsha's Chai Sarah. And in this week's parsha, we have a number of things that happen. What the funniest part is that what we don't really hear about is Chai Sarah, the life of Sarah. We hear in the first few psukim that Sarah passes away, and then we move on post Chai Sarah, post the life of Sarah. Mainly, the core topic of this parsha is finding a wife for Yitzchak, finding a wife that will be able to help continue. Am Israel. And in this story, we are introduced to a somewhat minor character. However, this minor character plays one of the most major roles in the entire Torah. This character is Eliezer Eved, Eved Abraham. He is referred to throughout the Parsha by many different names, Eliezer um, Eliezer, Damesek Eliezer, Eliezer Eved Avraham, Haish, Ha'eved. But this guy, Eliezer Eved Avraham, shows up over and over again throughout this parsha in previous parshio, um, or at the beginning of, throughout this entire parsha, and he comes up later as well. So today I want to explore a little bit about this figure that seems to pop up everywhere, but we don't have so much information about him in the text. So I want to delve a little bit into this Eliezer Eved Abraham to give us an idea of something that we can learn from him. There, anyone who pops up that many times in Torah, there is a reason that he is so present. So I posted the source sheet in the chat. If we look first in Barashas Parak Yadalad, Vayishma Avram ki nishpa achiv, Vayarak echanichav yulidei bito shmona asar ushlosh meot vayardof ad dan. What is happening here? Avraham heard that Lot had been taken captive. We know that Lot, Avraham's nephew, used to live with him. They separated, and after that, Lot pretty much got to go off and live in peace, while Avraham got to live living in fear of what would happen to Lot, because things kept happening to Lot. So the first is that Lot gets taken captive. So Avraham to the rescue. Avraham hears that this happened. So the Pasuk says that he gathered together and armed the people of his house, who are 318. He takes with him these 318 people of his house, and he goes to, to take back Lot. Rashi comments here, what is Chani Chav? Oh, by the way, do you guys hear a lot of, like, do you hear a chainsaw in the background? Or no? You're good. Okay. There's some construction going on. So just wanted to make sure you weren't getting construction noise. Rashi says, Chani Chav. Who is this that Avram took with him? Because it's very unclear. It doesn't say that he brought with him Ma'atayim Ish, that he took with him 200 men or 400 men, like other language that we hear later on that connotes an army that came with him. It says, he gathered together and armed his something, and he traveled to Adan. It's unclear. There's 318, but it doesn't say 318 what. So Rashi comes in here to clarify. that The ones that he had trained, anyone who has been a counselor in a Bnei Akiva camp knows that there are Madri Chim, there are counselors, and there are Chani Chim, the campers. So the Chani Chav is those who he had been Mechanich, those who he had taught. Ze Eliezer Shechincho La Mitzvot. 
Who is this that he took with him? This is Eliezer, who he had been mechami, who he had taught or guided to do mitzvah. This language of chanich, of to train or to teach, is one that is used when you introduce someone to something for the first time, or you introduce them to a trade that they will use in the future. It gives a number of examples. That you should teach a child. The first time they use the mizbeach. Chanukat habayit, when we, um, when we establish and we begin a home. Ubelaz korin lo in sinar. In old French, we call it to, in, to teach or to instruct. So who was this person that Abraham took with him? It was Eliezer, his servant. Shmona Asar, so what does Rashi then goes on to explain? The reason I've been very unclear about the 318. He says, Our Chazal teach us that it was not 318 men. That's why it does not say 318 men in the Pasuk. Rather, the only person who he brought with him and armed was Eliezer, his servant, and why does it say anything about 318? This is an allusion to Eliezer in the Pasuk because the gematria of Eliezer's name is 318. So when they set off to rescue Lot, Avram, who does he take with him? He takes with him Eliezer, his servant. So already we begin to see that, there, that while Eliezer is a servant, there seems to be a unique relationship. This is not any average servant in his home. This seems to be a servant in which he trusts. A servant that when he's, he is headed off to battle, he is willing to arm just him and take him with him to fight that battle. And also, it is important to note that there seems to have been some sort of unique relationship between Abraham and Eliezer in that Rashi explains that this was the one who Abraham had chanichola mitzvot. He had not only had him in his home, appointed him as a, maybe a head servant over his home, but rather this is someone that Avraham had taught Torah and mitzvot to. He had introduced him to Torah and mitzvot. He seems to have taught him in that way. So we know that Avraham was a teacher. It is not surprising that he taught in general, but it is unique that he did this with his servant. That not every servant you would bring into your home would be one that you would say you were mechanich la mitzvot. So just that is our first introduction to Eliezer, that there seems to be a unique servant-master relationship between Eliezer and Abraham, that they spent more time together than just, oh, can you clean my house? It was a real teaching-learning relationship. And additionally, there seems to have been a trust that Abraham was willing to go out to battle with just Eliezer with him. The next mention, however, though, of Eliezer, Abraham seems to be more down in general and also seems to be a little more down or melancholy about Eliezer specifically. The, the, ne- the next, we are post the, um, post this battle, the Yomer Avram, Aduni Adunai Mati Tainli, Vaanochi Holich Ariri, Uben Mesek Biti, Huda Mesek Eliezer. This is after the entire episode with Lot. Lot has been recaptured. He went back to his new home. And Avraham is a little bit down. And we have discussed in the past why it is at this point that Avraham finally seems to get become more negative about 
his standing in life, where he is, the fact that he is still childless. It is really at this point after the battle in which he saves Lot's life and Lot does not return, that he sends him back home and Avraham just seems down. So Avraham turns to Hashem and he says, Hashem, what am I supposed to think? What am I supposed to do? Ani holich ariri, I am walking around without children. Uben mesek biti mesek Eliezer. The only one in charge of my household is Damasek Eliezer. This guy, Eliezer. I'm going to delve in, for, in a minute into what is, why is he called Damasek Eliezer? But he says, Hashem, look what you've left me with. I have no one in my home that is going to inherit from me. I'm old at this point. And all I have is Eliezer. Rashi explains there, Uben Mesek Biti, Kitargumo. As the Targum explains it, Shakul Biti Nizon Alpiv, Kimo Alpi Yashak, Opitropis Shali, Ve'ilu Hayali Ben, Hayabini Mimuna Al Shali. He says, Hashem, who is this guy? This the only guy in my house is there because he's a hired worker. He's there. We all eat because of him. He takes care of my things. But he says, Hashem, if I had a child, my child would be able to care for my household. My child would be in charge. My child would know that they were going to inherit from me. But at this current point in my life, all I have is this guy, Damasek Eliezer. The Chizkuni explains who Damasek Eliezer, what was Avram alluding to here? Ben Beno shall Nimrod Harasha Haya. Many of the Mepharshim explain that Damasek just explains that Eliezer was from Damascus, connoting the fact that he was a stranger. But the Chizkuni explains here that Avram was saying, not only is he a stranger, not only is he not my child, but he's a descendant of Nimrod, the evil Nimrod. He says, and this is the only person I'm left with in my home. So whether we can attribute this to the actual relationship that Avram and Eliezer had, or the fact that Avram is just in a very negative place at the moment, there seems to also be a negative side to Eliezer that Avram's saying, this is all I have. That yes, he's a good servant, he takes care of my household, but he's not really doing it for my household. Like, he's not going to inherit from me. He's not my child. He's just a hired worker. The Sforno as well adds, Uben mesek biti huda mesek Eliezer, shehu eved bilti noda he says, the only reason we know this guy, he's only known in his hometown. Here, we just know him as Damasek Eliezer, that stranger, that Eved from Damascus. And he says, Hashem, there is no question. Though a child may do chores in the home, or a child may be responsible for things in the home, especially as the parents become older. The child may become also a caregiver. It's so different, Hashem. The way that Eliezer cares for my home is out of fear. Any Eved is serving out of fear, whereas a child would do it from love. There is no comparison here, Hashem. I may have, I may be taken care of, but not in the way in which I desire. So he seems very negative. However, the Radak explains here, Uben Mesek Biti, Hayotsevenifnas Bibiti. He is comfortable in my home. Huda Mesek Eliezer, the Hu Yorsheni, Im Lo Yehili Ben Mesek, Uben Mesek Biti. He is not a biological heir, but he is comfortable in my home. 
So Avraham here at best seems ambivalent about Eliezer, that he's comfortable in my home, he's an Eved, but he's not the real deal. But the question that I have here is why we're even asking this question. Isn't this what we would expect from a slave-master relationship? That what Avraham is describing is very, very typical. That Avraham is the master, Eliezer is the servant. A servant in your home is meant to take care of your home, clean, cook, care for the household. One wouldn't expect and say, oh, that's so sad that this servant has not reached the level of being like a child. That would be the out of the ordinary situation. So what seems strange is that Avraham has to specifically point out and say, Hashem, it's not enough that I have Eliezer. And I think what we can gather from there actually supports the first story that we had about Eliezer, that this relationship was more than that of a slave and a servant, that there was a sort of childlike relationship between Avraham and Eliezer. That Avraham had not only brought Eliezer into his home as a servant, but he had brought him in as well as someone who he mentored, someone who he taught to. The Gemara in Masachat Yoma supports this idea. Eliezer Eved Avraham Zakin B'Yeshiva Haya. Eliezer Eved Avraham went on in his old age. He was sitting and learning in Yeshiva. That Avraham did not just relate to Eliezer like a servant. Rather, Avraham had given over his Torah to Eliezer. And in the years and years and years that had gone on before Avraham had children, Eliezer took it on himself to play the role as a conduit for his Rebbe's, his master's Torah, to the entire world. Rabbi Eliezer in the Gemara is explaining that when it says, that word is that he took in and poured out the Torah of his Rebbe to all of the people that were around. That Eliezer went above and beyond in his role as servant, he really became as if the assistant to Avraham Avinu. And this explains why Avraham is then feeling down about Eliezer more than one would about a typical slave. One would never expect that Hashem would think that the servant would replace a child. But when the servant has taken on this role of your assistant, of one who is teaching your Torah, giving over your Torah, who is really learning from you and representing you to the rest of the world, Avraham may have said to himself, perhaps this is what Hashem promised me, that perhaps this servant of mine, Eliezer, is going to be the one that Hashem said is going to carry on my lineage to the rest of the world. And he turns to Hashem and he says, Hashem, this is not what I was thinking. Because as it mentioned in the Sferno, the actions of a child are never comparable to that of a servant. That he still believed no matter how close he was, no matter how good the relationship he had was with Eliezer, he's still a servant in the end of the day. That his actions are from fear and not fueled by love. So now we have the third and primary story that includes Eliezer in this week's parsha. In Bereshit's Parachlaftalid, in Parach 24, Eliezer is the star of the show. So let's read through. I cut out pieces of the story, but we're going to focus on a few core sections. 
Avram zakim baba bayamim. Vahashem birich at Avram bakol. Avram had gone on in years, and Hashem had blessed him with everything. Vayomer Avram el avdo zakim bito hamushel bechol asher lo. So Avram calls in at Avdo Zakin Beto. He calls in his servant, who, and we get a lot of detail here, even though we don't have Eliezer's name mentioned. At Avdo, his servant Zakin Beto, who is the elderly one in his house, Mushel Becholasherlo, the one who is in charge of everything that belongs to him. Simnayat Khatacha Yurichi, put your hand under my thigh. Avram calls him in and says, you are going to find a wife for my son. And you have to promise me, put your hands under my thigh. I want you to promise me that you will not take a wife for my son from the Benot Canaan, from the women with whom we are surrounded. You should go back to my um, where I am from, and you should take a wife for my son Yitzhak. And I want to just pause for one second and point out that there seems to be this same assumption as we had previously, that there is a reason to believe that Eliezer would be the one in charge of this job. That it seems natural that Avraham has called him in in order to take responsibility for such an important mission. That it's if I were to call up a hired worker, someone who I had called to come into my home. And I called them into my home and they were going to work on, I don't know, the plumbing. And instead I called them to my kitchen table and I said, okay, you need to promise me that when you find a wife for my son, you will find the right type of girl. Not only would they be confused, but anyone who heard this story would be confused because that is not typical of a master-servant relationship. It is not typical that one would assume that someone who has come into your home in that sort of role would also take responsibility for one of the most important things in your life. But here there seems to be this assumption that it made perfect sense to everyone involved that Avraham had called Eliezer into his, into his, um, into his home and said to him, when you find a wife for my son, please promise me you will not take from Benot Kena'an. So there seems to uh, continued here as well be this close relationship. And therefore the explanation that we just read in, in Masachat Yoma in the Gemara makes sense that he was this conduit of, of Avram's Torah to the world. That Avram felt like if there was someone who was going to represent his thoughts and ideas and his way of thinking, if there was someone who was going to do that, it made perfect sense that it was going to be Eliezer. And therefore when it came to finding a wife for Yitzchak, it made sense that he would call Eliezer in. I see that we have a question in the chat. What was Eliezer's relationship to, relationship to, Avram, to Avram's to Avram's type? Um, yes, I would venture to say that though we know that Avram had many converts where it says, when we first meet Avram, it says, the soul that he created in Haran, he took with him on his journey. That Rashi comments there, that they were in this business of Kirov. They had many converts that they had converted, but we don't hear about any of them specifically. I would say it is very safe to apply that imagery here with, um, with Eliezer to say 
that he was sort of the prototype that we do hear about as a convert that Avram had converted, that he was a foreigner who had come into Avram's home. Avram had been mechanechim in Torah and mitzvot, and he was then able to carry that on and be a conduit of Avram to the rest of the world. So I would say that is a great analogy, and that is a great way to understand sort of the role that seems to be between Avram and Eliezer, but we still have yet to understand why. How did that happen? How did that come about? But so now, um, now there is this meeting between Avram and Eliezer, and Avram is saying to him, please go back to my birthplace and find a wife for my son from there. So Eliezer asks the question, and he says, perhaps this girl will not want to come back with me. Maybe she'll want to stay there. Maybe she wants Yitzchak to go there. In that scenario, can I take Yitzchak back to her land? Be extremely careful. Do not take my son back to there. He says, Hashem, the same Hashem who promised me and said, I will give your offspring this land. He will go before you. He will guide you to make sure that you do not need to take my son out of this land, that you will find a girl who will be willing to come back to this land. On no account may you take my son back there. In the event that the girl that you find says, I will only, um, I will only marry him if he comes back here, then this oath is done. If, if Hashem shows that that is, that's not going to be. The perfect girl will not insist on staying there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Avram and swore to him. Um, Eliezer made this oath with his master Avram. So he sets out. The next part of the episode is where Avraham is actually on this journey to find that wife for Yitzchak. The servant, and we should notice that though I am saying Eliezer here, throughout this story, this main episode in which we know that Eliezer is the one speaking, or Eliezer is the one involved, it only says Ha'eved over and over and over again. Ha'eved, 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 the servant. Even though the role he seems to be playing here seems to be so unservant-like, that is what is continuously emphasized here. So that is very important to note. So this Evid takes 10 camels with him. He took a lot of presents from his master. He goes back to the land of Nahor, the land from which Avraham came, to find the wife for Yitzchak. Eliezer arrives in at the well in the land of Nahor. He arrives there at the time where it is about to be the evening. And this is the time when those who are coming to get water typically come to the well. And he turns to Hashem. Hashem Avraham, Hashem, the God of my master Avraham. And it is interesting to recognize here and say that not only did Eliezer know to turn to Hashem for help here, 
that he had clearly been inculcated with this idea that when one is in a time of need, one turns to God. But it also seems to be that much like we call upon Hashem as Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, as the children, the descendants of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Eliezer seems to have approached and related to God as Elokei Avi Avraham. He is connecting to Hashem too through that pathway of Avraham. He's saying, I'm coming before you today, Hashem, because I want to do a chesed with my master, Avraham. I'm standing here and all the great girls are coming out to collect water. Eliezer says to Hashem, I have a great plan, Hashem. I need to pick the best girl for my master Yitzchak. So what I need you to do is I'm going to make this sign. And if you are going to show me who the perfect girl is for Yitzchak, this sign will come true. What will the sign be? I have 10 camels here with me. 10 camels drink a whole lot of water. The girl that notices that I am a visitor and not only offers water to me, but offers water to all of my camels, through this sign, I will know that you have sent me the perfect one for Yitzchak. It was before he had even finished speaking, and Rivka, the daughter of Besuel, who was from the family of Avraham, came out with the jug on her shoulder. And this perfect story, he davins, Hashem send me the sign. Before he is even done speaking, the perfect girl comes out, does exactly what he had, what he had asked Hashem as a sign, and he immediately knows that this is the girl for Yitzchak. But this test that Eliezer presents shows an acute awareness of Eliezer, of what would be important to Yitzchak because of his fa- family's home. It shows that Eliezer had not just been in Avram's home, but he had truly absorbed what was important in Avram's home and ha- what would be important in a wife to bring into Avram's home. That he recognized that they were a home of chesed. They were a home that specialized in Hachnasas Orchim. They were always welcoming guests. And because they were always welcoming guests, he knew they needed a girl, they needed a woman to fill in that place of Sarah, who was going to be one who would continue this chesed, who would continue this hachnasas orchid. So he says, let this girl be a tremendous balas chesed and let that be apparent from the moment that I meet her. And as we know, Rivka comes along and she offers water not only to Eliezer, but also to all of his camels. And after this happens... Um, the, after all this happened, Eliezer bows down and thanks Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for making this so clear to me exactly who this girl is meant to be. And then this girl ran back to her home to tell them what had happened and to ask if Eliezer could come. And so then he comes in, and there's a very interesting Midrash and Barishas Rabbah that it says that Lavan recognized the Eved, 
How did he recognize him? Ve'yomer Avram elavdo zakin bito. She'yaziv ikunin shalodu melo. Eliezer had spent so much time in Avram's home that it is said that there was actually a visual likeness between Eliezer and Avraham. That when Lavan saw Eliezer, he actually mistake, he had mistaken him for Avraham himself. That there was a similarity in a way that was clearly apparent between Eliezer and Avram. And one can say, no matter how long you spend in somebody's house, you don't end up looking alike. Though... If anyone ever looks at couples that have been married for a long time, they could have started out looking so different, but somehow I feel like all couples end up looking similar in some way. The same was true here, that even though Eliezer may have not physically begun to look like Avraham, when Lavan saw him, there was something about Eliezer that made it so clearly apparent that he belonged to the home of Avraham. So Eliezer comes to the home of Besuel and Lavan. Besuel is Rivka's father. Lavan is Rivka's brother. The Yomer, he introduces himself. He says, Evet Avram Anochi. I am the servant of Avram. Vashem birichat adunim meor veidal vitin lo tsonu vakaru kesa vizahav vavadim ushvachuru gmalim vachamurim. That Hashem has blessed my master with so much. And it is interesting that earlier in the Parsha it says, Vashem birichat Avram bakol that he was blessed with everything, though when Eliezer repeats it, and there are many instances of this throughout the story where Eliezer makes slight changes to what happened, what was said, um, between when it happened and when it is repeated over to Bisuel and Lavan. But he says, my master has been blessed. He is a wealthy man. He has animals and he has riches. And he goes on and he says, and boy, do I have the perfect boy for your daughter. Avraham, my master, has been blessed with one child. And he has gotten everything from Avraham. That he knows who he is speaking to. He needs to emphasize Avraham's material possessions to these people who may be more interested in that than the Torah that Avraham has. So yet, um, Eliezer goes on and on and explains who is Avraham, Yitzchak, how he wants to bring back Rivka for Yitzchak, and eventually they come to an agreement. They finally ask Rivka, and Rivka says she wants to return with them. Eliezer takes Rivka back with him, and then there is the famous meeting in the field where Rivka sees Yitzchak coming back from Be'er L'chai Ro'i. She sees him davening, falls from the camel, covers her face, and then Yitzchak and Rivka are married. So the question here is, Eliezer seems to truly be this representative of Avraham. He is clearly not just a regular servant. Regular servants do not go out and serve as the shachan for the master's child. They do not represent their master so well. It is clear that Eliezer has internalized everything that has been going on in Avraham's home. He knows exactly what to say, how to say it. He is truly the representative, and as if the assistant of Avraham. So how did that happen? What made Eliezer so important? What made him so special that he should be able to serve in this role? So Rashi explains back on Barashas Chafdalid Lamitet. So in, in the parak we just read, on Pasuk Lamitet. Eli lotile chaisha. Eli ktiv. So when uh, when Eliezer asks and says, What if the woman does not want to come back with me? There's a background story here. 
that there was a daughter to Eliezer. Eliezer had spent many years in Avram's home, and he hoped more than anything else that Avram would have chosen his daughter to be the wife for Yitzchak. Amarlo Avram, Bni he says, you, Eliezer, you are cursed. My, my son, he is blessed. What does this mean that he is cursed? There is a midrash that with the curse of Canaan, Eliezer was included in that curse of Canaan. So he is from that cursed people. And Avram turns to him and says, My son is blessed. Your daughter is cursed. We cannot make a shidduch here. This, is, this would clearly be very disappointing to Eliezer. That he seems to have been in this special role in Avraham's home. They seem to have hit it off from the beginning. Avraham taught him Torah. Though in the beginning, it is still more ambivalent until we are in the midst of this parak. After this parak, like we said, he is identified as Evet Avraham. Evet Avraham. Evet Avraham. Avraham Aduni. Avraham is my master. Before that, he is Eliezer. He is Damesek Eliezer. There's connotation of him being a stranger. But he definitely learned from Avraham. We said there is clearly a trust and a relationship more than one would expect of an average servant. But here could have been a turning point, that they are entering into this situation where Avraham is giving a very special job over to Eliezer. That maybe they have crossed a certain threshold where Avraham feels like he is the one who knows the most about Avram and Yitzchak in order to find the perfect girl. But in any case, they are in this turning point of a situation. And Avram says to Eliezer, please go find a, do- a, a girl for my son. And Eliezer says, but, but I have a daughter. I have a daughter. Why not my daughter? I am such a Ben Bias in your home. I'm not only your servant, but I have been your faithful assistant. I have taught your Torah to the world. Why not my daughter? And Avram and Eliezer here at this point have to have a very honest conversation. And Avram says to him, there is an underlying reason why this shidduch will not work. You are cursed and my son is blessed. In the end of the day, Eliezer, you are my servant. You are so important in my home. You serve such an important role, but you are my servant. This could have been that turning point. And it is a turning point, but not in the way one would expect after that situation. After that situation, one would expect that Eliezer would say, oh, I thought I was going to get something special out of this relationship. Clearly I am not, so I will go back to being a regular, plain old servant. But the, the, um, the Midrash and Barashat Rabbah point out something else that could have happened, and what actually did happen post this conversation? So in Mishlei it says, "Eved maskil yimshol b'ben mevish u'betoch achim yechaluk nachala." A capable servant will dominate an incompetent son and share the inheritance with the brothers. Very unclear statement in Mishlei. Somewhat hard to understand, as most of the statements in Mishlei. But it says here, an Eved Maskil, an enlightened servant, Yimshol Beven Mimish, will rule over a prized son, and he will receive inheritance among the brothers. 
The Midrash and Barishis Rabba explains here and says, Ktiv, Evid Maskil Yimshol Biben Mevish, Ubitok Achim Nichalok Nachalak, quoting our Pasik from Mishlai. Evid Maskil, Ze Eliezer. The enlightened servant, this is Eliezer. Uma Haskalato, what was his enlightenment? What made him such an enlightened servant? Amar, Kvar Klalato Shalotoha Ishbiado. This man already knew his Klala, the Klala that come from, came from Kina'an, that he would be an Evid. The Midrash is telling us something so important that we can learn from Eliezer. Eliezer had a full understanding of who he was. He knew that he had this curse from Canaan, that he would be a servant. And yet, he had hopes, he had aspirations, and Eliezer was clearly a talented man. He had come into Avram's home as a servant. He had been placed in charge of the entire household. Also, as we read in the Mepharshim, he had become one that had learned from Avram, shared Avram's Torah. He gets to Laban and Besuel, and he is able to convince them to send their one daughter away. He is clearly someone who is skilled at interacting with other people. He can learn. He can speak. He can seemingly convince people of other things. One can say perhaps he was an expert orator. He was really fantastic at speaking. He was able to tell over this story in exactly the right way. When he had to appeal to Hashem, he appealed in the right way for what he knew would be best for Avram. When he had to speak to Besuel and Lavan, he was able to cater to exactly what they needed to hear. That's a talent. However, Eliezer looked around at his situation and he said, I know my role. I know that my role in the end of the day is to be an Ebed. I can try to leave from Avram's home. I can break off ties, say, if you don't want my daughter, you don't get me. Leave Avram's home and start off on his own. He can start his own yeshiva. He can become a public speaker. He can become a life coach. He can become whatever he wants. He seems to have natural inborn talent. But he recognized and he says, but you know what's going to happen to me? In the end of the day, my tafkin in life is to be a servant. And therefore, in the end of the day, I may be successful for a bit, but someone else is going to come along. They will rule over me and it will be some random guy who I don't know. So he says, better than me storm off angry at Avraham. What I need to do is look back inside myself, internalize what my role is, and run with it. In the end of the day, I am going to be enslaved in somebody's home. Better that I should be enslaved by Avraham Avinu than be enslaved by somebody else. Yitzchak Avinu was an extremely important person. He was the one who was going to be offered up as a carbon. He is a holy, holy man. In the end of the day, who was in charge of Yitzchak? Eliezer Evid Avraham. 
Eliezer, the servant who was able to be in that situation of being an Eved and recognize his role. He was able to turn to Hashem and use that schos avos, even though he was not a child of Avraham. He was able to turn to Hashem Baruch Hu and say, Elokei Aduni Avraham. I am the Eved Avraham. And because of that, Hashem, I recognize my unique tafkin, my unique role, and I am able to turn to Hashem through that. So at the end of the day, we see that once Eliezer truly internalized and accepted his role as an Eved, that's why in this turning point story, he goes from being identified as Eliezer, Damasek Eliezer, Eliezer Eved Avraham, to purely Ha'eved, 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 Aduni Avraham, Avraham Aduni. He embraces that that is his role, that is his tafkid in life, and it is at that point that his, he is Yimshol Ben Mavish. Yitzchak may have been one of the most incredible people to walk the face of the earth, and in the end of the day, his fate is in the hands of Eliezer. Eliezer is responsible for guaranteeing the continuity of Am Yisrael through Yitzchak Avinu. That is an incredibly important role, and he only truly steps into that role once he is able to fully accept his role as an Evet. Rav Elia Brodny, in speaking about the past Rosh Yeshiva on Lakewood, he was giving a an overview of the Rosh Yeshiva and how they interacted with one another, he spoke about this Midrash and the role of Eliezer Avid Avraham. And he said that Eliezer must have been an incredible person. Like we said, he seems to have natural skills, talent, speaking ability, understanding ability. But Eliezer doesn't go out and work on his own. Rather, he embraces his tafkid. And through that, he becomes responsible for the, the destiny of the entire Jewish people. Often we look around and we say, I want to do what that person does. I want to be like that person. But what he says is when you're able to truly appreciate your tafkid, that's when you can accomplish the most in the world. He emphasized this when it came to the interaction between different leaders of the Jewish people, that when one would try to overstep another, one would try to go before another, one would try to gain more kavod from another. It, it never worked. One can never truly step into the role of another. But what we learn from Eliezer Avid Avraham is the ability to look at yourself for what you truly are. When he internalized that he was Evid Avraham, that's when he was able to thrive. That's when he was able to carry out this most important mission. That the fact that Avraham was negative about the role of Eliezer in his home because he saw that all along. He said, though I may have a unique relationship with Eliezer, I may have brought him in, I may have taught him Torah, I may have guided him. In the end of the day, he's not my child, he's Avdi, he's my Eved. But once they reach this turning point of recognizing that Eliezer is not going to be more than an extremely special servant to Avraham, that's when the relationship grows and that's when Eliezer grows and fully comes into his role. The Gemara teaches us that when the Torah tells us in Sefer Devarim that no one will ever be as great as Moshe, the Gemara asks the question, how, how can I be expected to be as great as Moshe if no one will ever be as great as Moshe? That the Torah tells us everyone, and this is quoted in one of the most famous Rambams, that everyone has the ability to be as great as Moshe Rabinu, but the Torah tells us that no one can be as great as Moshe Rabinu. So how are we meant to approach our lives? Are we meant to be aiming to be as good as Moshe Rabinu? 
Or as the Gemara points out, is that an impossibility? Are we unable, should we, what should we strive for? Are we able to be as great as Moshe? Are we not able to be as great as Moshe? It seems to be unclear. And in response to this, there is a famous story of Rav Zusha that is told. The story is told of Rav Zusha. He was one of the great Hasidic masters that he was on his deathbed and he was crying. And his students asked him and they said, Rebbe, why are you so sad? After all the mitzvahs you've done, you will surely be in a good place in Chamayim. You will have a prized spot in Gariden. But Rav Zusha said, I'm afraid. Because when I get to Shamayim, I know that Hashem is not going to ask me, why weren't you more like Moshe Rabbeinu? Because, or why weren't you more like David HaMelech? But I'm afraid that God will ask me, Zusha, why weren't you more like Zusha? Why weren't you the best of Zusha you could be? And what, then what will I say? So the answer to the statement in the Gemara is that no one will ever be as great as Moshe means that no one can ever get to that level of Moshe because no one had the same potential as Moshe. The goal in our lives is not to be the greatest Moshe Rabbeinu. The goal in our lives is to be the best Rav Zusha we can be. It's to recognize, like Eliezer Eved Avraham, that he was not meant to be Yitzchak. He was meant to be Eliezer Eved Avraham. He was meant to embrace that tafkid and all that it meant with its limitations and its capabilities and run with it. And through that, only when he embraced that, was he able to step into this extremely important role of being the keys to the continuation of Am Yisrael. So the Mizah that we can learn from this week's Parsha, specifically from Eliezer Eved Avraham, is the importance of embracing our own tafkid in life. The importance of recognizing who you are what your unique capabilities are, what your strengths and what your limitations are, and running with that. We are not going to be asked, were you the best Moshe Rabbeinu? Were you the best King David? We're going to be asked, were you the best you that you could be? So may we all recognize our unique abilities, capabilities, our important role in this world, and run with that.